You are listening to the single most inconsistent podcast in all of fucking podcasts, Confessions of an Angry Metalhead. And if you're listening to this, fuck you. Yeah, you. Go fuck yourself. Die. Something. I don't know. Go fucking play in traffic. Today I'm discussing the new Municipal Waste release, Electrified Brain, which was released two Fridays ago as of this recording. So I'm guessing that minus the band's 2019 EP, The Last Rager, Municipal Waste have come to the conclusion that the best way to continue to make quality music for the long term is to release new albums every five years. It had, it's been five years now since the release of their second masterpiece, 2017's Slime and Punishment. And before that, it had been five years since the release of 2012's Nuclear Blast debut, The Fatal Feast. And with each release, there's some sort of subtle shift in the band sound. And by the way, I reviewed Slime and Punishment on my website. I will provide the link to that on the description for the podcast. And it was also... In, uh, tied with Black Dahlia Murder's Nightbringers for my album of the year that year. The honorable mention was uh, Morbid Angel's record, Kingdoms of Disdain. The Fatal Feast sounded to me like a traditional crossover record, which is probably why I wasn't a fan of it. I'd actually kind of written the band off with that one. Slime came off as a major breath of fresh air. The songs were short, fast, intense and even introduced a new member along with guitar solos for a different dimension that brings us to electrified brain i just read that according to guitarist ryan waste his goal this time around was to write a dynamics based record i wasn't sure what the fuck he meant by that because you can have more than enough dynamics in any song regardless of style length etc but now I get it, but I feel like he meant something else because I found Electrified Brain to be more of an album of musical diversity than anything else. If, electrifi if Electrified Brain really is produced by the band, then they sure did a hell of a job making the record sound unusually slick. I'm talking the headroom and reverb found on 95% of everything you've ever heard in the 80s. I don't give a fuck what genre you, 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 you listen to. You hear it in the punch of Dave Woody's drums right away on the opening title track, which comes out the gate like a rampaging fucking bull. It's fast and hot until the two-minute mark where it turns into a traditional metal headbanger that rides on for the next 45 seconds until the songs end. Keep that in mind. A pattern's going to follow. It's immediately followed by the maiden-like harmonies of Demoralizer. It's a great mid-tempo track that quickly segues into faster territory with a blazing Mustaine-like solo by Nick Pulos. Everything sounds so much bigger. I don't mean in the same way that everything sounds bigger on the previous album. The guitars and Tony Foresta's voice sound like they can truly breathe. I'm wondering if that's to do with the way the amps were mic'd this time around. When Jimmy Page recorded the, the guitar tracks for Zeppelin's first album, he remembered that distance equals depth. That's why he placed the mics relatively far away from the combo amp he used to make the record. And when you know it, a small sounding amp suddenly sounded far more monolithic in tone. 
Could that be the approach here? Last crawl and grave dive seem to fall into a similar formula or pattern, the former being faster paced than the latter. And there's nothing wrong with this because each song has its own character. I'm grateful that a lot of Tony's lyrics have not changed that much since Waste Them All. Grave Dive Alone is purely about the allegiance of the band's longtime fans as he screams, we dig up our fan base to real ones that count. We'll bring up their corpses and toss them all out. The Bite has a little more of my favorite lyrics as Tony screams, a symphony, a symphony of blended heads, forced gore rotting legs, skull hards, skull shards, excuse me, springing forth bludgeoned with a spinal cord. Oof. That song, along with High Speed Steel, sounds a lot like songs Metallica could have written had they recorded Ride the Lightning today. There are a lot more thrash in that vein, along with some harmonies blended in with the chord changes. Something I never thought I'd ever hear in a Municipal Way song. Then something happens not too long before this track ends. It transitions from being a thrash song into sounding a lot like the best Merciful Fate song that band never wrote for Don't Break the Oath. The gang-like, whoa, vocals could easily be replaced by King Diamond doing the same thing, but with that shrieking falsetto. And Nick's short solo spot is something Michael Denner probably would have played himself. Either that or Hank Sherman. That diversity I spoke about, here it is. Thermo... Thermonuclear protection kicks the album back into a much-needed high gear with its immediate break next, next speed. The more I hear Electric Brain, the more I wonder how much of an influence Nick Poulos was this time around, especially since he's been in the band for a while now. Is he a bigger traditional metal fan than the others in the band? I fucking love Blood Vessel Boat Jail. It's a no-bullshit, mid-tempo, instrumental palm muter a la Anthrax until the second half kicks in. It seamlessly transitions between a normal tempo and Dave ripping out fucking blast beats, and I fucking shat myself because I had a feeling I wasn't going to hear that again. And sadly, I was right. That song also had me envisioning the time an old friend of mine jumped off the faux balcony off this loft the band played at in Brooklyn in 2006, forcing Tony to warn people to not jump off of that because you can die. This actually happened. I swear that Restless and Wicked is a King Diamond tribute. The first half of the song sounds like a less technical welcome home from them before transitioning to uh, the breakdown that comes off like a slightly faster Curse of the Pharaohs, the overplayed yet still classic track off Melissa, Merciful Fate's debut album. Ten Cent Beer Night was needed. It's classic municipal waste, from its bar fight lyrics to the nonstop speed. No breakdowns into traditional metal territory here. Minus a few slight nuances, it's the waste we all loved in the mid-2000s. Putting on Errors, the penultimate track on Electrified Brain, is the most brutal track on the album. Hear that fucking furnace of a voice making Tony sound like a chihuahua? 
That's Barney Greenway of Napalm Death. Barney Greenway. Napalm fucking death. And this one, especially at the end, was far more of a grinder. And Tony couldn't ever do that last part justice. Ever. So, how do I feel about Electrified Brain? After a few listens, both caffeinated while heading to and from the gym, and with no caffeine in my system, I'm impressed. I can easily see why one reviewer felt that most tracks blended into each other, as they do follow a similar pattern. But as I said, I do feel the songs all have their own character. I'm convinced that Nick is the catalyst for the increase in the 80s metal influences outside of the thrash subgenre. I found it to be a treat to hear Municipal Waste step out of that zone and managed to sound good because this this experiment could have quickly gone south very fast. The only thing I'd hope for when they release their next album five years from now (laughs) is that Ryan and Nick find a good balance between the two styles. Recommended tracks would be, for me, Electrified Brain, the title track, Demoralizer, Hide Speed Steel, Blood Vessel Boat Jail, Putting on Errors, the one with Barney Greenway. Otherwise, I give Electrified Brain four out of five middle fingers. This has been the Angry Podcast of Confessions of an Angry Metalhead. And if you're still listening to this, my goodbye to you is that your mother sucks dicks in fucking hell.